Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday, the 2nd of October. Today, I'm joined by Adam Forster, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hi there, Adam. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Peter. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. So, oh, yeah, I was going to say, um, I don't know if, uh, well, so the listeners of this podcast will have noticed that I would have I put two back-to-back episodes with myself and um, Ralph uh, on there recently. That was basically because I just didn't have time to upload everything last week. So anyway, we are up to date now. So um, so yes, uh, but you might, you know, if if you if you do have a spare uh, few minutes, um, please feel free to have a uh, Peter Watson, uh, <laughs> Ralph Ralph Hebgen marathon uh, podcast listen. Uh, it should keep you going for a good while. So, uh, so it's always yeah. worth it as well. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, so anyway, which um, story would you like to um, talk about today? So I chose an article from the Daily Telegraph, and it mm-hmm. was on how manufacturing is moving from China mm-hmm. to the usual places such as India and Vietnam and other South yeah. Asian countries. Yeah. But also, interestingly, interestingly, it's moving to Eastern Europe. Yes. So this is as a consequence of the Western and Chinese trade relations becoming more strained and more mm-hmm. stretched. Mm-hmm. So already we've seen companies such as Apple, Dell, Microsoft and Nike move from mm-hmm. China, or well, sorry, announced that they're going to move mm-hmm. from China to countries such as India and Vietnam and mm-hmm. Mexico as well. Mm-hmm. But then there's also Eastern European countries are seeing a similar thing happening with them. Mm-hmm. So... Czech Republic, Slovakia and Poland are examples of some of them. Mm. And it's really been seen in their industrial real estate companies are seeing a, experience a big boom right now. And mm-hmm. it's a very good time for them. So one example is CTP, which is Europe's biggest listed industrial developer, mm-hmm. has announced its plan to invest 300 million into Polish warehousing, yep. which is huge. It's a huge, huge amount. And that's 300 million euros. Mm. So... A lot of the things moving to the Eastern Europe is production meant for the EU. Mm. So it's your typical Western manufacturers such as Audi and Volvo are wanting to bring production close to home. Yep. And there's three advantages to this. So the one is that you avoid the tension between the West and China right now mm. and any risk to the supply chain there. Mm-hmm. But also it avoids other supply chain risks along the line of the Suez Canal being blocked, as we saw a few years ago. Mm. If it's in a neighboring country, you use lorries instead of ships. It's a lot easier to get them yeah. to where you need to go yeah and also because it's less distance linked to that it's cheaper mm. you're not paying for the same and it's more green yeah so for sustainability targets this is fantastic for these companies you know they're, they're all, all companies trying to be more sustainable and this is the perfect excuse to move it close to home yeah trying to look green yeah and then another issue is that or another advantage to this is that china has over the years become more and more expensive to manufacture in, manufacture in as labor costs have gone up. Mm. So obviously humanitarian-wise, this is really good news. China had a reputation for perhaps not being treating his workers the best, but mm. labor has increased, the price has increased there. Mm-hmm. But now they're actually roughly the same as a lot of Eastern European countries. In fact, a few countries are actually cheaper than China in Eastern Europe. Yeah. So it's just more competition there, and there's less of a reason to stay in China if they don't have to. Mm. But then on the flip side, countries such as India and Vietnam are still significantly cheaper than China. Yeah. So it's this toss up between countries. Do they go to Europe where it's more expensive 
but you yeah. have much better legal protection of rights. So intellectual property law rights are yeah. significantly more entrenched in these Eastern European countries. Or do you go for the cheaper route and go to India, Vietnam and South Asian countries with perhaps less legal protection in those sort of areas? But what was really interesting about this article is it's not just Western companies doing this. It's Chinese companies who have been moving their own sort of plants to these Eastern European countries. Mm. So Catal, the Chinese battery manufacturer, is set to build a factory in Hungary as one example of this. Mm. And again, all the same advantages are there for them. It's cheaper to get the batteries to the EV manufacturers and it's kind of a win-win for a lot of people. Mm. So it's particularly good for residents in these Eastern European countries who are going yeah. to see lots of jobs being made for them and yeah. it's, it's just good for them all around and better for the economy there. Mm-hmm. If consumers, interestingly, as well, it's probably quite good for consumers. I mean, 10 years ago, if something like this happened, you probably would expect to see an increase in pricing of what you'd be paying for the goods. Yeah. But now that labour costs are roughly the same, you shouldn't see an increase in pricing that way. And if yeah. transportation costs are lower, you might even see, it's unlikely, but you might even see a reduction in costs. Mm. And then finally, I think for your banks and institutional investors, we'll be clawing over these opportunities to invest here. So the past few months, particularly, a lot of banks have been trying to disinvest in their Chinese sort of portfolios in their Asian portfolio. Mm. portfolio. So we've seen a lot of investment into India, into Vietnam. Mm. But then the predictions are that the disinvestment in China will not be matched by the surrounding countries. So that mm. money's got to go somewhere and it makes mm. logical sense for it to follow where the developments are. Mm. So I would expect to see maybe even like Eastern European portfolios being built, something along those lines, just because they need to invest. A lot of these firms might be under an obligation to invest if they're mm. private equity firms. Or... So, yeah, I just think we could see a lot more investment in these areas and perhaps the Asian portfolios being shrunk down in reflect of that. So yeah. what are your thoughts on this, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you made again. You uh, made made really good points there. Um, the it does make sense. Um, it it is the perfect excuse. You know, they they don't have to offend the Chinese. They can say, well, look, you know, the we're just going where the business is, and we need to be closer to be better to the you know closer to the end client yeah. to be um, more environmentally conscious, reduce our carbon footprint, etc. Um, so they, that is the perfect excuse. They don't have to say, well, we're leaving just because you and, um, and, and America in particular, and well, Europe as well, um, are having problems. So I think this is, this is, this is, you know, this is a a good, um, this is, I think this is a positive development, Yeah. but also on the other hand though, it does, you know, again, it's it's just another move that further isolates China, I think. And mm-hmm. it seems to me that, you know, China is increasingly looking in on, in on itself. Um, you know, all the clampdowns and things have made things, uh, made it difficult there. There's a recent um, business surveys saying how, um, well, it's US companies saying that, that it's harder to do business there, but then it would be US companies because yeah. it's you know it's the US that is basically <laughs> doing all these sanctions since 2016. So um, you know it. So anyway, I think that this is um, this is I, I guess this is to be expected, um, and it's just how much is going to go to mm. Central and Eastern Europe versus 
um, versus Asia, because of course, you know, with Asia, you want to stay in the region. That's why they're going to places like Vietnam, etc. Um, but they've all got their kind of problems. Uh, well, say problems, issues. Yeah. So you've got a communist government in in uh, in Vietnam. Um, India seems to be kind of a tricky one because it's it seems to be f- fairly anti-china at the moment <laughs> yeah um and but and yet quite supportive of russia so again do you want do you want to do you want to put too much in there yeah, you know but, the then, but then but then on the other hand it's got such massive potential as a market because it's so big um and so you know you in in many ways you kind of want to spread your bets i think um and this is a good way of doing it and it happens to be a relatively cheap way of doing it um, as well. And it has the added benefit of um, being better from an environmental point of view. So, so yeah, so it's a, it is, I think this is a, you know, it's a good, it's a good story. And I would imagine this trend to continue. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to continue to the point where China will stop being one of the big players. Oh no, 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 but it's, no. It's certainly going to, you know, China, I don't see, I might not see the growth you've seen in China. Over no. the past so 20, 30 years. So mm. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's still quite a lot of scope to grow from where we are at the moment. Yeah. Um, for Central Eastern Europe Europe. Yeah. Certainly. So, so what story did you find interesting today, Peter? So um really, uh I think I mean I, I wondered whether you whether you you know initially so what happens just to say to listeners, right? So Joe, what happens? I often I try to guess what the what the co-host is going to talk about <laughs> right before we talk so um i thought you might choose this one so i was quite i was very tested but uh but this story is the one about um the increase in incidence of marathon mortgages now initially when i saw that i thought oh is that a 26.2 year <laughs> mortgage but no it's not um it's 35 years um so so uh, yeah my knee-jerk reaction was oh 26.2 yeah. but um but no the um so very interesting stats uh, that came out that 25 percent of new homers aged 29 and under uh in the first quarter of this year have s- s- opted for um, mortgages of a 35-year length. Now, normally, the nor- the normal, the standard is usually 25 years. So the idea of the 35-year mortgage is to make the payments more affordable on a monthly basis, although obviously over the period of time, <clears throat> it's ultimately going to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that... <coughs> Sorry. So, um, I mean, there are there are apparently there are uh, well, um, uh, mortgages that you can get for up to forty years. Yeah. Um, so you know, quite quite big stuff. So, I think the 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 general uh, the general feeling seems to be that we need to um, is is that it, it initially it feels wrong, it feels wrong because um, it's it's so long. You're tying yourself in for a very very long period of time. And it just, we can't really, you know, can't really, you can't really do anything about it. Um, But um, on the other hand, I think what it does is it does give people the chance who don't have access to Bank of Mum and Dad um, to actually um, do, to, to, um, to, to be able to get on the 
um, to be able to get on the housing market, yeah. know, on, on the housing ladder. Um, and I think that it's, you know, we, we keep on harking back to this with regards to real estate in the UK. It is a national obsession. It is ingrained, I think, um, the idea of you must own your property. You, you, you must own your property. Um, and just a minute. What's going on there? Um, yeah, you must uh, you must own your property. You must um, you, you know you wh- why do you want to pay someone else's um, mortgage when you don't have to? All that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so I think that it's just it's just one of those. It's just um, yeah, it's just how it is at the moment. So anyway, I think that overall, do I think it's a good idea? Do I think it's a bad idea? Initially, I thought, oh, this doesn't feel right. But then, on the other hand it does give people options. Um, so I think from that point of view, it, it, it allows a bit of freedom. So that's good. But I don't know, what do you think? I mean, obviously, this you're, you are in this demographic. Yeah. So, I mean, for, from me, my perspective, it's saving it for a deposit is going to be a nightmare. And I know it's gonna, that's going to be me. In a, I, I'm kind of thinking that that's me in three years' time issue to worry about mm. right now. Mm. But it's... These 35, 40 year mortgages, I mean, as you said, the classic argument is why rent? Because you're paying off someone else's mortgage. Mm. But at the same time, if you're on a 40 year mortgage, by far the most you're paying is the interest. You're not actually paying, you know, down your house that much. So you're paying your mortgage, you're not owning much more of your house each payment. Whereas with a mm. 25, 20 year mortgage, it's considerable the difference there. So I think perhaps just renting you're just effectively paying off someone else's interest now and a little bit of extra mm. principal on the side so maybe mm. rent a little bit first and then mm. wait for rates come down alternatively you can yeah. take a floating rate if if mm. you can because if, if yeah. rates do come down which it's looking like they, they might do there's now a chance mm. that they might start to come down and they might yeah. they might get to as low as they were at one point mm. but whether they will mm. or not it's you know it was an abnormality to have rates of one mm. one two percent that was an abnormality but mm. It could well happen. Things do happen. So, yeah, mm. I think it's just, again, it's cost of living crisis, rock and a hard place for everyone. Mm. And particularly for my generation in the sort of trying to buy a first house. Is the average yeah. house price eight times the average salary now or something? Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But I do think, um, by the way, just to say to everyone, this this is not does not constitute financial advice. No, no, not at and all. And of course, <laughs> and, and of course, um you know it does depend on your own individual circumstances um so yeah it's just we are just uh, voicing opinions here i mean i i do feel um you know i am um pretty despite my other jobs that i've done before i'm actually pretty conservative by nature in this sort of thing um and i think that you know do do you you really have to think do you really want to buy somewhere right now when the interest rates are so high mortgage rates are so high house prices are pretty high um and you know there's uncertainty in the labor market you know we are it is it is tight but it's the likelihood is you'd think it's going to get less tight um so you don't want to tie yourself in however you know i could be i could be wrong on this um so but i just i just feel that it's unless you have to do it i would say you know, maybe it is worth waiting on sideways. Yeah. But like I say, this isn't financial advice. It's not, you know, it's just uh, just opinion. Um, 
anyway, uh, right. So, um, I mean, have you got any other anything else to add on that? No, just that I feel sympathy for people right now massively because mm. they've got to spread the, the the principle somehow, and it seems like mm. the only way they can do it is by taking these very very long mortgages. And as you said, mm. they've got to be careful not to spread themselves too thin, and it's, it's just mm. tough. It's just doesn't look good for the housing market either, generally. Mm. So mm. something's got to give eventually. And absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, I guess we'll um, leave it leave it there for the um, for the time being. But um, no doubt, this is a this is a subject that's going to keep cropping up. But uh, um, I just wanted to say um, there is going to be an announcement on Wednesday about Watson's Daily, um, and we are going to be doing that um, immediately, well, right at the end of or immediately after the monthly roundup. So the monthly roundup, you know, I'm I'm going to be talking about the business and the financial markets news for the you know, for the month of September. Um, I'm doing that as usual with Jake Shogger of the Commercial Law Academy. Um, We're going to make uh, an announcement at the end of that. So please, first of all, you know, feel free to um, sign up for the the free, um, you know, webinar that we're doing at five o'clock this Wednesday. Um, but also feel free to uh, just see what see what the announcement is. But uh, it's, it's exciting. I think you'll like it. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, thank you very much indeed um, for uh, uh, for your um, thoughts, Adam. Uh, much appreciated. Thanks very much for having me on. No problem. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you very much indeed for listeners for listening. Have a lovely day, whatever you're up to. And um, uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye.